Hey everyone, welcome to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. Glad to have you with us. Patrick, what's happening in your world today? Not a lot. Just yeah, sit. pretty pretty low-key day, huh? Pretty low-key day, just chilling, working, and learning how to use a 3D design program a little bit. Why are you doing that? You're trying to make some 3D graphics? No, they I company that makes the surfboards that I like to ride sent me a 3D file of a new surfboard that I'm going to get and I could load it up in the 3D program. It's like kind of cool. So I could like see it in 3D. All right. Or you can <laughs> wait for it to be done and then you can see it in all the Ds. <laughs> However many dimensions there are of a surfboard. That's right. <laughs> So, I don't know. I've just been tinkering around with that. That's what I've been working on. Cool. What about you? I've um, been drinking coffee all day long today. I'm on cup number four, I think. <laughs> wow. Dang. I would be in a coma if it wasn't for coffee. I'd just be laying there out. So A non-coffee coma. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, I'm just uh, having a good day. Um, you know who has never... Who... Ugh. Let me try that again. You know who probably had never drank coffee in their lifetime? Who? Zachariah. And that's oh. what we're going to be diving into today. Zachariah. What a, seamless, what a seamless transition, Patrick. I know. We, we are top shelf transitioners now. Zechariah. Chapter 7. Chapter 7. All right. And I thought we could read the whole thing. It's only 15 verses, 14 okay. verses. I thought we could read the whole thing. All right. Whew. Here you we go. It. You want me to do this? Yeah, you got it today. Okay, here we go. Uh, Zechariah chapter 7. In the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, the month of Kislev. The people of Bethel had sent... Sherezer and Regum Melech, together with their men, to entreat the Lord by asking the priests of the house of the Lord Almighty and the prophets, should I mourn and fast in the fifth month as I have done for so many years? Then the word of the Lord Almighty came to me. Ask all the people of the land and the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? And when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? Are these not the words of the, that the Lord proclaimed the earlier prophets when Jerusalem and its surrounding towns were at rest and prosperous and the Negev and the western foothills were settled? And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. But they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and covered their ears. They made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen to the law or to the words of the Lord Almighty had sent by his spirit through the earlier prophets. So the Lord Almighty was very angry. When I called, they did not listen. So when they called, I would not listen says the Lord Almighty. I scattered them with a whirlwind among the nations where they were strangers. The land they left behind, the land they left behind them was so desolate that no one traveled through it. 
This is how they made the pleasant land desolate. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Out of the minor prophet. Yeah. Out of the minor prophet. Now my first thought. Okay. Let's hear is, it. It says, it said multiple times, the word of the Lord almighty came to me. Now I'm <laughs> like looking at verse five, imagine the word of the Lord coming to you and then all of us and it being kind of accusing you of making some bad decisions. Accusing you. Oh, so the word of the Lord coming to you be like, Hey, listen, man, you shouldn't have watched that TV show. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or you shouldn't have eaten that whatever, or. Yeah, that's exactly my thought. Uh, I mean, cause it says you, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seven months for the, for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? Whoa. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow, right? That's yeah. like a tough statement to take in and process the Lord saying to you and, and probably just your, your thoughts, like not like a big booming voice that people could hear, but a very personal and intimate uh, word from the Lord. Yeah. I, I just think to me, it's just crazy in general that these, that these prophets are hearing from God. Right. Yeah. That's like, right. That's a really important point as well. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like, this is, this is um, God speaking to them, but it's not just for themselves. Right. So like God speaking to them, but then they're supposed to take this message, this um, warning. Sometimes it's, you know, who knows what it is. It's kind of different every circumstance. They're supposed to take that and then speak that to a specific group of people who then have a response. Um, and then on top of that, they're also speaking for God or they're the, the mouthpiece for God. Um, and then that gets recorded in the Bible and that becomes a prophecy that's for us today or for all time. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, that's kind of a big job. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know if I've ever been, you know, I've had, I've had the privilege of being able to give messages before where people say, Hey, can you give this important message to this person? And I like that. It feels important to be able to be a person to do that. But something that's like this heavy, like, oh man, I, I don't know how I'd feel about that. That's like, this is a big message that this guy is, is asked to take. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a big message. And then the weight of that also, you got to go and deliver it to whoever the recipients of the message is, uh, I probably in a timely manner, you, that's, that's a big responsibility. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would even go as far to say that's probably one of the biggest responsibilities you will ever have in your life. Hmm. So should we start at the beginning here, Pat? Yeah. Sorry. I'd like jumped in right into the middle there. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, so it's kind of starting off with some dates and times in the fourth yeah. year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, the month of the Kis, Kislev. Okay. What's Kislev? Um, it is a month, uh, or a, a, a date. It's, it's, it, it's its own thing. It's like a word. So it's the ninth month, which is like November, December, basically. So okay. yeah. Um, wait, November, December. Yeah. 
So here, what's interesting here is like, this gives us a little bit of the context of what's happening here, right? So mm-hmm. basically God's people have had this, this whole thing where they keep kind of not paying attention to God and they get put into, um, uh, they get taken off to other countries and then they get to come back and, and the temple had been destroyed and uh, the people in charge now, it says King Darius, King Darius was, was Persian. This is the Persian empire. Um, not the Babylonians or the Persian Empire. And uh, Darius has allowed the people, and this is kind of crazy, like this is God working in crazy ways, has allowed the people to come back to their homeland, back to Jerusalem. Not only that, he's allowing them to rebuild the temple. This is a big deal because Jerusalem was considered like this ultra-fortified city. So to allow people to go back to their land and to build in some ways, it's kind of like it's there's there's an arrogance about it a little bit that's like, oh yeah, I'll let the people, you know, build that fortress they think that's going to keep me out because I'm powerful enough that I can take over. But maybe there's also like some of God's grace in here. He's saying like I'm going to let these people go worship the way that they're going to worship. Um, you could probably do a whole, you know, a whole episode or a whole paper or whole life's work on, you know, who was this King Darius and what was he like? But for, for this purpose of what we have today and what we're looking at today, um, we just need to know that King Darius is not one of God's chosen people at this point. He is a, an outsider and these people are not in control of, of really what they do. They're sort of at the, the hands of, of another King and they're returning now to worship when they haven't really had worship at the temple um, in generations. Nice. Well, in one generation. So it's maybe been like 70 years or so. I don't remember the exact time. Yeah. As all these people there together and they ask the question, should I mourn and fast in the fifth month as I have done for, as I have done for so many years? It's kind of a, yeah. a good question, I guess. <laughs> uh, my yeah. thought on that is if you've been doing something, for so many years, why would you stop? <laughs> right. Now, I don't know what we have that's similar to fasting and mourning today. You know, like we don't really do a good job of that. Instead, people are like, oh, don't fast and mourn. Just like write a gratitude journal or just stay on the positive, you know. It, <laughs> yeah. And we don't we don't like have these times of lament. It's not as like, I guess, popular today. People are just as like upset about things. But but we don't get together to throw a party to be sad together. You know what I mean? Sad I don't party. know how, what sad party. Yeah. Hey everyone, let's come have an emo sad party together. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not one of those things that really happens. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then they asked the question, the word of the Lord almighty came to Zechariah and the response is ask all the people of the land and the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seven months for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? Again, back to that very specific question, getting down to the heart of why would you, like, why have you been fasting and mourning in the past? And I, I kind of believe that if you're going to do something uh, to like grow, grow closer to Christ day in and day out, uh, you have to maintain that faithfulness day in and day out as well. Like it's not like a, oh, I did you know my my five minutes of journaling today. I'm done. It's like well, 
yeah, you did your five minutes of journaling, but what did you get from it? I guess what I'm trying to say is when people give something up for Lent, I've never been a big fan of giving up something for Lent. I've actually been a bigger uh, fan of adding something to help your spiritual growth for Lent yeah. because I got into the mode of, all right, well, you know what? This year for Lent, we give up soda. Well, how am I going to grow closer to Christ yeah. by giving up soda? I'm, right. I'm not. Unless I say I'm going to give up soda and every time during the day when I would normally have a soda, I'm going to do a little, read a little devotional. Well, that's something that I could get behind, adding something to help grow closer to yeah. Christ. And so I can, I, I can kind of relate and understand this question of, yeah, you were doing this thing, but just because you did this thing doesn't make you closer to Christ. It's yeah. the meaning behind it. And, and that's exactly it. So these people were fasting and mourning and they were doing so because the temple was destroyed. And so mm -hmm. it became this new festival of basically fasting, mourning, kind of throwing this communal get together because the temple was destroyed. So every year they would remember this event. Um, and it's interesting, right? That God is like, well, wait a minute. What do I have to do with this? Yeah. So you might have to think like, you know, people have said this a lot about church. Is church about the building. How much does the building matter? You know? Right. And back then the temple mattered a lot. The temple was such a significant piece to the people. Right. And, and I think God here is kind of saying in some ways, like it's not about the building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It's not about the building at all. And your little celebration or not celebration, your anti-celebration uh, of this building being taken down, um, you know, and it, like, isn't this was not really about me? And then he even gets more specific. I don't know how far along we've actually uh, uh, ha gone in here. Um, I mean, I guess we're kind of in a way down to verse four and a half ish, verse five ish, verse six, yeah, six, yeah. So it says like. Uh, verse six, it's a great place to start. And when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? Um, so you look at this and you're like, oh, wait, what? Because I thought they're supposed to be fasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So maybe this is referring to the other celebrations because there's a lot of festivals and feasts that happen throughout the year that people are there to celebrate. Now for us, what do we do for festivals and feasts? Well, maybe like, you celebrate Christmas. Everyone celebrates Christmas and you have extra food and there's presents and you might go to church. Um, and maybe someone will read a Christmas story and you might watch a movie. Um, and you have to ask yourself how much of that has to do with God. And for a lot of people, it's not a lot of it has to do with God. It has to do with family. It has to do with uh, tradition. Um, and I would just say this is, you know, God isn't really interested in empty traditions. Never really has been. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so whether or not you're fasting or you're uh, feasting in your celebrations, I don't think God necessarily cares about either, you know, either of that, those pieces either. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he says this pretty clearly verse six, right? You weren't, you were just doing this for yourself. This was selfish. Yeah. Yeah. And in verse seven, are these not the words the Lord proclaimed through the earlier prophets when Jerusalem and its surrounding towns were at rest and prosperous? 
and the Negev and the Western foothills were settled. Sounds yeah, like, like uh, back this in was... the good times, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like this was all kind of predicted in a way. Yeah. In verse, um, in that verse, my Bible has a little footnote and points us to Jeremiah twenty two twenty one, which says this, I warned you when you felt secure, but you said, I will not listen. This has been your way from your youth. You have not obeyed me. Ooh. So basically the prophet Jeremiah is reminding the people, um, that God warns us when we're in the midst of bad stuff and bad stuff is happening, but also when, when we feel secure and settled, yeah. God still gives warnings to people. Yeah. Yeah. And then the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah in verse nine. This is what the Lord almighty said, administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. Wow. I mean, you could do a whole, (laughs) yeah, you could just take that, those three little verses right there and, and do a couple sermons about it, maybe even a sermon series. (laughs) It's like, it's a good list. Yeah. So what was happening is that people were celebrating or anti-celebrating the destruction of the temple. They were mourning and lamenting the destruction of the temple. And then they were also having feasts. And they were doing all this and and God is like, you're just doing this for yourself. I don't care if you eat or you drink. What I do care about is that you do these things. These are the things that I care about. Right. So the list, right. We got true justice. Yeah. Um, I think in a lot of ways we take justice for granted. This last year has drawn way more attention to justice than we've seen in a long time. Because what what people were seeing on TV and with cell phone cameras now is folks who were being killed at the hands of police officers. Um, And the police officers, for the most part, seemed to justice wasn't served. Um, Justice didn't happen in the right way. Uh, And um, and just everything seemed kind of out of out of out of whack. Everything was wrong, you know? And so mm-hmm. that starts to grab on your heart and your soul. And you're like, wait a minute, this is not justice. It's like our, our system in our country of our court systems and, and the police and all of these people who do, uh, who work and we even have a department of justice, uh, at the federal level. Um, yeah. the justice department is, is the thing, the job of, of those people, the justice is, is, is given out. And sometimes that means, you know, punishment or punitive uh, uh, against folks who've done wrong. Sometimes that means people who were falsely accused get to go free. And, and justice is not something that has been easy to come by. Yeah. Yeah. But if you think about it back then, and maybe, I don't know if, if you know, you're in a place of power, whether or not you're a high school student or maybe you're a judge, you know, I don't know who listens to all these. Um, but when you have an opportunity to give out justice, you also have an opportunity to not do that well, or to do that poorly. Um, and, and when you don't do that, right. Even if you think it might be a small thing, man, the Lord, that, that kind of gets God fired up. It seems like. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And then in hand in hand also show show mercy and compassion to one another that goes right alongside with true justice yep and this is the perfect example of jesus right 
true justice and mercy came together in one person, and that's Christ. Christ, yeah. when he died on the cross for us, was was um, giving true justice in that his perfect sacrifice was actually paying the cost for our mistakes and our sins uh, for now and forever, uh, which is an amazing thing. And because of that, it was an example of both justice and mercy coming together. So here right. in the Old Testament, another example pointing towards Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And then do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. Some like, I wonder if that includes pranks too, Patrick. No. Like if no. you plot a prank against someone, isn't that evil? Uh, well, okay. There's like evil pranks and then there's non-evil pranks. I think that's the way I, I kind of see it. Because, yeah, there's, there's, you can do a prank and it's not evil. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take your word on that. Yeah. And it continues on, but they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and covered their ears. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Can right. you imagine if like God shows up in church and is standing there and is like, hey, I got a message for you. And everyone just stood up, turned their backs, covered their ears. We're like, nope, we're not listening. You're a mouse. Yeah. yeah. That'd be uh, pretty brutal. And then continue like even, even worse. They made their hearts as hard as Flint and would not listen to the law or the words that the Lord almighty had sent by his spirit through the earlier prophets. So the Lord almighty yeah. was very angry. That's one thing that I would never really want to do is make the Lord almighty very angry. <laughs> yeah. And this is like, this is some hardcore language. It's like these people have shut themselves off to, to the Lord They've hardened their hearts. Yeah. Um, it says as hard as Flint. Now, Flint back then was um, one of the more, you know, it says Flint here, the actual, um, the actual uh, word itself. I don't know why they translate it. Flint can be translated as diamond. Oh. Which, like, think about it. Their hearts were as hard as a diamond. Now, for us, diamonds are used to cut other materials because they're so hard and abrasive. They're like yeah. the hardest thing that we we know. Right. Um, so they made their hearts like that, that callous, that hard. And a hard heart cannot pump, right? A hard yeah. heart can, right? A hard heart ceases to do what it's good for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even in a very... uh a practical sense. You can't, you can't run, uh, like a liquid through a diamond rock. Like, it's not going to happen. It doesn't happen. Blood won't pump through a, a yep. solid heart. A hard heart is a dead heart. So, uh, in scripture, and I think it's in Ezekiel, um, you know, God does say that he'll turn their hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. Mm. Uh, and that's like one of my prayers too, is that God would help me from having a hard heart against other people or against, you know, the widows and the fatherless, the foreigners, the poor. Uh, And instead of, of wanting to be merciful, uh, instead I'll want to somehow, you know, do something that's evil, plot evil. And I don't want to be someone who does that. Uh, And so, you know, keep turning to the Lord and saying, God, help me. Help me have a soft heart. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like a good prayer. But however, in this, in this story, when I called the verse 13, when I called, they did not listen. 
So when they called, I would not listen, said the Lord Almighty. That Sick is burn. A, yeah. <laughs> Sick burn, Lord. <laughs> yeah, super gnarly. And it even goes on to say, I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations where they were strangers. The land they left behind them was so desolate that no one traveled through it. This is how they made the pleasant land desolate. Yeah. That's so this hardcore. Is just hardcore. God is, I mean, I know you probably have dealt with that. If you have friends and you're, you're wanting to text them or call them. And if they don't listen to you or they don't answer, when they call you, there's a part of you that's like, nope, I don't want to answer that. Like yeah. That person ghosted me. It's time for me to ghost them. Um, <laughs> yeah. It seems kind of petty, but here God is doing something to teach them a lesson. And right. this lesson kind of goes back to, to uh, the widows, the fatherless, the foreigners, and the poor. God turned the whole people into the poor. He turned all of them into the foreigner. He turned them into you know, in some ways, metaphorically, the widows and the fatherless, meaning they no longer had their homeland. They no longer had, they were scattered. They no longer have this identity. And God did this for a purpose. And the purpose of it is that they would once again listen. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for checking out today's devotional. We really appreciate you listening. And listen to the Lord. That's right. Listen to the Lord. All right. Later, everyone.